Welcome to The Good, The Bad, and The Sequel. This is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels, and we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last week's interview with actor Jason Godot, the star of this week's sequel. It's always great to talk to everyone that we interview, but man, when you talk to the star, it's really cool to hear about, obviously, the demand of the job. You're on the screen most of the movie, and just hearing about the interview process and a movie that he loved growing up, flash forward, what, nine years, and he is Doug Masters. Great name. We talked about Lou Gossett Jr., so if you haven't listened to that, after this, go check it out. Before we talk about Iron Eagle 4, which, man, this movie was absolutely the craziest movie I think I've ever seen. So I was not expecting everything that happened in the second <laughs> half. Dude, I got to introduce you to my partner in this sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, Doug. How are you doing? Pretty good. I should have said co-pilot because you're my You should have. Co-pilot. I should have said Doug Masters. Doug Masters, what That's, a name. That is an awesome, you know, it's such a tip. Like 80s always had the best names. Every movie, there was always some, one awesome name. You know, I got to tell you, I remember watching the original Iron Eagle so many times. I loved it as a kid. Obviously, it was kind of a knockoff of Top Gun, but it was just awesome. You know, um, this is the first time I saw this movie, and I feel like it's two different movies. It is. All right. Like, I, I, you know, and, you know, I, I really felt like as I'm watching it, just the first half, I'm like, is this a kid's movie? Like, it, it felt like a kid's movie. You know, it was corny. Even Luke Gossett seemed like he was just acting as if it's a kid's movie. And it just, I was like, all right, this movie kind of is lame. You know, it just, it, and then boy, does it turn. I mean, they become murderers. <laughs> I tried to like keep track of the death count and it's crazy. Like, Somebody that didn't see this movie listening to this, it's probably like death count. This movie, I watched the trailer. It's just about it is toy soldiers and not knocking it because I, I think the formula works because Lou Gossett Jr., he, he's a legend. He's great in everything he is in. And in this, it's toy soldiers with Sean Astin, but with airplanes. Plus, it's the United States against the United States. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Not, I mean, so I mean, it, it's toy soldiers with the Americans. You know, but they're not really terror. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's such a bizarre. Like, it really is a bizarre script. You know, and and let's. I mean, let's be honest. These kids look like they're in middle school. I mean, maybe some in high school. Some definitely look like they're in middle school. They're flying planes. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I. All right, you know, we definitely have to get into it. I mean, there's there's so many questions, and and I have to be honest. You know, the first Doug Masters was awesome. I mean, he really makes that movie. You know, I have to give Cadot, I have to give him a lot of credit because it's not easy to step in another actor's shoes. You know, he does resemble him a little bit. And I guess that's what they're going for. They're kind of going for the look, you know, but it's hard to do. And I think he did a good job. Yeah. And the fact that if you remember the second one, they basically kill him off. I don't know if Gedrick yeah. wanted to do other movies, but they made it seem like he died right in the beginning. So they reshot that scene to start this movie. Correct. And that, that you know, I totally forgot. So, you know, not for nothing. I mean, I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, he blo- his plane blows up. Yeah. In a, in the second movie, so the fact that he's still alive. I mean, I, I, you know, you they show him with you know jumping out with the parachute. There was no parachute in the second movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he literally he blew up. You know, yeah. so I mean, 
I, I, I just don't understand what's the point of resurrecting that character. He, they could have made this movie without him. Like, like they didn't need Doug Masters. And, you know, he definitely was not the Doug Masters of like he had a, he took the role in a different way for Doug Masters. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And that's dark. Mention, Look what he went through, you know, and all those cutbacks that we see. Man, he wants it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, and you could tell. I mean, he, you know, but he also, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, he ends up with one of the kids. Uh, but is she a kid? I don't know. <laughs> And just to just to add on before we get into it, you said okay. before like these teens. Okay, yeah. it, it, teens is correct, but troubled teens, tr- teens that well, are in trouble with the law. One teen that might be a drug runner for the saddest. Might be she is. No, she, well, she, she is. is yes, and a weapons like so she's a drug and weapons dealer. Yes, like it, it, yeah, hardcore. You know, and they're all afraid of her. When she she pretends to punch them, like, you know, you know, we'll get there. I mean, yeah. So, but she, okay. So she's got to be a teen too. I mean, she's probably more like a senior, a junior, senior, but they're definitely like the kid with the asthma. He looked like he was in middle school. Oh, he was young. Rudy. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. And they're fly again. So you're right. They're juveniles that are juvenile delinquents flying planes that First of all, the planes look like they're from 1940. Like, like, like they look like the Snoopy planes. You know, the yes. Snoopy, the, the Baron, like those kind of planes. And they, they fly awfully close <laughs> to each other. <laughs> and one kicker before we actually get into the from the beginning to the end is they actually live here. So this isn't like a school. It's like a boarding school where they're living in these military barracks. But 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 okay. But Luke Gossett Jr. is also retired. <laughs> I know. So I mean, like, it, like this whole scenario really doesn't make, like it's. It doesn't make sense, but I guess it I have a the theory movie, but- later. I have a theory later that uh, that might make sense, but I want to like get into it now. But before I we start this, gotta say if you're <laughs> new here, please subscribe wherever you're listening, and make sure you review, rate us, and follow us on all social media at sequels only. So let's dive right in. This movie, okay. Come on, how cheap are we? Quick title sequence, but I love the music. That's one thing I love about this, and it almost reminds me like Karate Kid esque, like three and four that we covered. Is that's one thing that was right. The music is the same from the other movies, and you get like that really, you know, I don't know, you get patriotism watching this. I don't know. You do. I mean, you do, and you know, this movie was what nineteen ninety five, I think. Yeah. Right. I, okay. But the music was definitely eighties ish. Like yeah. it wasn't like, you know, 90. So like, yeah, they, they tried to follow Listen, uh, the music was a big part of the first movie. You know, like he, he only flew well once he put the, the, his cassette tape in and he flew. And that's, so, you know, what? that's one thing that was missing with this Doug Masters. He didn't need music to fly where the first Doug Masters, every time he was in a cockpit, he put a cassette tape in. Yeah. And there's this part later in the movie that teased you to think that that was going to happen Correct. again, but it ended yeah. up being, I don't know. It was, it, it was good and bad. I guess. <laughs> so we kind of covered the beginning already uh, in our little opening there. They reshoot basically the beginning of the second film and it's Jason Godot as Doug masters are like testing out, I guess these new aircrafts. And I don't know if he was really joking or he really meant to say that to the cockpit, 
because uh or the mission control he said to them he goes oh my foot's stuck i can't i can't slow down and i'm like wait is he like like messing with them or is this really happening and then the russians shoot them down shoot them down and then and then surround like again he parachutes out and he's they surround him like yeah and honestly and then he then he wakes up right well and then it's the random then he wakes up so i'm all confused at this point in the movie i'm thinking like <laughs> it was only a dream you know i was still trying to figure out why is he still alive but it, they made it look like it was a dream like a nightmare that he woke up like they didn't explain that that it really happened because if you never saw the second one you would think it's a complete nightmare yeah like you well, would you, yeah so yeah, that that's a, sort of made no sense but like we talked about like he had to play this in a darker way because he had these demons being in a prison for X amount of years. Nobody really knew he was still alive. So that's pretty like deep. He's super hungover. He's getting ready. He's smoking so many cigarettes in this movie. When I interviewed him, he was like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It was like what I chose to do with the character. Always drinking Molson. And yeah, dude. <laughs> well, you know, listen, he, he, he almost is like a, 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 a Bruce Willis type diehard where he's just like, life is just, it is what it is. And he's just smoking, drinking, and, you know, he's kind of like bumming out, you know, I mean, look what he's doing. I mean, this guy was a, 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 I guess a superstar in the air force. And now he's like fixing plane, like Snoopy planes. Yeah. He, he says later in the movie in the line, he goes as like a diss to the guy that he's going up against. He goes, I'm a crop duster. That, that's, his, that's what he says. Cause that's what he's like. That's what his like life is. But just to get chappy Lou Gossett Jr. Oh. right into this movie, the fact that he should have recognized who he was, the fact that he like saw this guy like just listening to music. So Lou Gossett is doing the music chappy and he's like dancing and just fixing the engine. Does he know how to do that? And and I mean, and not only that, when he does see him, now he hasn't seen him. In how long? Seven? Isn't it seven years or something like that? Or I think it was yeah. seven years. Yes, yeah. Right, they went down, it, and he thought he was dead. So this is the first time he's seen him. It was almost like he's seen him yesterday. Yeah, like you know, like, like there was no surprise on either end. It was almost you know, it was just like all right, yeah, oh, you're here, you know, kind of thing. Like it's seven years. He thought he was dead. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, he doesn't really reveal when he found out that he was alive. Because we don't even know how long he was really in that prison. But yeah, you're right. For him to show up sort of unannounced, and it was their first meeting since then, it was just like, you know, Doug was like, oh, this freaking guy's coming here. And he's there to <laughs> recruit him for this bonkers, batshit crazy idea of a juvenile delinquent center for kids to learn how to be pilots. It, it, and they're flying alone like you would try oh my God. You, and you got thieves so these kids have access to those planes anytime they want i mean the one girl wants to fly to mexico throughout the whole movie like <laughs> you know i mean so like you're trust these are the kids you're trusting to do you know, like i mean that doesn't make and i mean i want, really want to know why are they focusing on these like old crop dusting planes like that, like it's the only plane you see pretty much in the whole movie well, that's all he said he could get. They were like old training planes from like how many years ago? Because you got to think, planes are expensive. And somehow he was able to get free planes from someone. <laughs> and and it's, I might might make me nervous if somebody gave me a free plane. It's like getting a free boat. It probably is going to sink. Free plane, probably one of the wings doesn't work or something. But I do love right, right. how he 
obviously Chappie has a relationship with the woman that employs Doug because she knew that he was going to come and try to like lure him away because she was like, oh, he didn't take it. No. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Let me go fire him. (laughs) She fires him. (laughs) And his reaction is so amazing. He's just like smiling and laughing. Like, like you said, the first half of this movie, it's like a kid's movie and he is having the best time. Nobody on set is having a better time than he is. Oh, I know. And, 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 okay. So he gets fired. I mean, we learn later why, but Doug does not like Chappie anymore. Like he's pissed. Yeah. Which be honest, he has no right to be mad. I mean, I think he's acting like a baby. He's acting (laughs) like a baby. And, and, and you know what? I mean, he is kind of wimpy also because when they show some flashbacks of him with the Russians, he gives up information rather quickly. <laughs> you know, I mean, like Rambo had to be, it was, was stuck to an electric, you know, metal bed and they're shocking him and he doesn't give any information whatsoever. <laughs> and this, and all they did go to him, they said, all right, give me some names. And he's like, all right. And he starts rattling off like a list of names. <laughs> yeah, he's not good I, under pressure. I know. And later in the movie, somebody says that to him and he gets pissed. <laughs> Because we saw that in all those flashbacks because they probably did like three or four throughout the movie. But when we saw him give up the information and then like two scenes later, we saw somebody like throw that in his face. I was like, damn. And, and you know what? I mean, and with those flashbacks, I mean, let's be honest. It didn't look like he was having a rough time there. Like, you know, he had no bruises. He had no bruises on his face. He, he didn't look like he was getting beat up. Like, you know, like he almost looked like he was just at a little camp. You know, like, you know, you, you've seen movies where these guys look like they get tortured, they get beat up, they're throwing no food, like, you know, in a dark hole. He, he looks fine. He didn't have any marks on him. <laughs> I, I think he's overreacting. <laughs> it was like a celebrity, like, rehab facility <laughs> ran by the Soviet Union. But, yeah, no, every time we saw those scenes, you're just like, when is this? Like, what's yeah. happening with this? Yeah. But. This the part that I do love, like we kind of mentioned it earlier, is when he finally agrees to do the job and then he meets Chappie at the school and you just see the airplanes already in the sky and you're just like, wait, what the hell's going on? Shouldn't somebody be supervising them? And like you said, they almost crashed right away. Multiple, multiple times. I mean, yeah, they're flying so reckless up there. And it's like it's like it's like if you gave kid, kids like keys to it they're flying it almost like like go-karts you know like where you just try to cut people off and you fly as fast and you you do those quick turns that's how they're flying these planes like it like they're up in the sky and they're like they're so dangerous up there and like chappy seems like so calm like yeah okay they'll be down a little bit but you know who's not calm the other guy who maybe might have been the other flight instructor slash mechanic when he says because he almost made it sound like it would have been like a a pleasure for the kids to take him in the plane. He goes, yeah, damn kids say they're going to give me a ride. And then they lock me in my truck. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, again, we talked about their thieves, drug runners and everything else. Let's give them keys to a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was wrong. They didn't lock him in the truck. They tied him to a propeller. <laughs> How did that happen? You think it was like a wedgie and then they just like watched him go around or and, and and let's be honest, these kids aren't big. Like, it's not like they're big. Yeah. Like, they're all small and skinny. So how did he get manhandled by, like, five middle schoolers? I'm surprised they didn't have one muscle. Like, they didn't have right. 
the the like the stereotypes of like the jock, the nerd. They had a lot of them. They had the nerd, but they didn't have like the jock. There was no big person. Right. They they had they had the the the, the adolescent criminal, you know, of each one. Like each one was the yeah. different typical one. But you're right. I, I guess the one kid that that was kind of flirting with the other girl, maybe maybe oh, he was Peter? the jock. Oh, yeah. Peter. Yeah, because he show, he shows that he has strength at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was able to hang onto a plane that the doors out and somehow it didn't get sucked out of there, you know. So, yeah, he must be pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then we have the, the one girl who's Wheeler when she lands the plane because they almost hit. She goes and she kind of starts beating everyone up. And she has anger <laughs> issues by far, but she starts beating people up. And who she is, she, her name is Joanne Vanicola. She's like a big time Canadian actress, like what I talked about her with jason he was just like oh man she's like big time and I, she's on that big uh horror series the anthology slasher she's one of the main characters so i watched this movie when i talked to jason a few months ago i was like dude she looks so familiar and then i put two and two together but her role in this movie i don't know if anybody else could play that role because she is crazy oh she's absolutely crazy i, I what's with the haircut oh. is that a mullet is, is that like a female mullet uh, I was going to say, I hate being mean like this, but she, she's, she looks like a beetle. She's the fifth beetle. <laughs> yeah, but but it's long in the back. So it's not just it's not just like the crop top on top. Yeah. It, 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 it does look like a flat mullet. Well, was that the style in the early 90s? Because you know what, who she kind of looks like? Like who could be her mom? I can't think of her name, but if you remember Kindergarten Cop, the actual cop that worked with Arnold like that's that same hairstyle like that and they kind of look alike that's who I thought of when I watched hey, okay I I didn't see I, I went to school in the 90s I didn't see any girls with hair like that so you, you weren't know, looking that's... in Canada buddy <laughs> so you're saying that's like the, that's like the Rachel of Friends haircut in Canada yeah so she's like the Ra- she's the Rachel of Canada she's the Rachel of Canada <laughs> so then we uh well and then Oh, yeah. So then a few of the kids were pretty big at this time. I don't know if you recognize them. Uh, The kid, uh, Malcolm, he was one of the stars of Are You Afraid of the Dark? He was like one of the main. You go on the IMDb for that show. He's like in the top three. Rachel Blanchard, who plays Kitty, like right after this. She was in a bunch, but she was on Clueless, the TV series. She played Alicia Silverstone's role and then like a bunch of it, but. They really did have like a bunch of people in this movie that went on right after this to do a ton of stuff. Well, you know, we we see this a lot. I mean, we saw Scarlett Johansson as a as a, a child, right? In one, um, so you know, you you see this a lot with these you know crappier movies that somehow uh, you, you know great I, movies. Uh, I guess cr- crappy great. Okay, great. Is that is that is that a, is that a good critique? So you yeah. know, like you, I think when you have a movie like this, that's I believe directed DVD. It was, yeah. Okay, so you have no choice but like if you're a good act actor or actress, you're going to stand out. You know, like because the movie is what it is. Yeah. So I think that's how kids can. You know, if if, if a kid can pull off acting in a movie like this, they can act anywhere. And I think that's yeah. what happens with a lot of these kids. No, that that is true. And then we get Doug gets put on the spot to give a speech. Chappie tells him to do a speech. And he goes, so when I was nine, I wanted to be 12. When I was 15, I wanted to be 21. And you know why I hate kids. And I'm like, wait, that's what that was. And then he just left. 
He, yeah, it's so, well, he, he left it like almost like, do you know why or something like that? And like they were like waiting for an answer. Like you think like a positive motivation yeah. coming out. I hate kids. <laughs> <Just walked> <laughs> right <laughs> off. <laughs> well, again, I mean, he, he definitely has issues in this movie. Yeah. You know, major issues. Um, so, I mean, uh, you know, I listen, I don't blame him. He got he got fired on the spot when Chappie saw him, you know, so he's still probably pissed about that as well. Yeah, he had a nice little Airstream trailer that he was living in. He had a- and now he's forced to forced to teach you delinquents. So, yeah. Yes. Who all have criminal backgrounds. You know, they seem to be flying fine. So what what does Chappie really need him for? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't think he teaches them anything. Does he teach him anything in this movie? He teaches him how to dance during class. Uh, that it? <laughs> no, he he doesn't really. Te- really, he never goes in a plane. He doesn't go in a plane. He's on the ground the whole movie. That's what I mean. Like I, so I'm not sure what. He, and then even when he's trying to leave, Chappie's lying and pretending like he's talking to uh, someone trying to I find a love, replacement. That's a great running joke. Oh, it's great. But again, why does Chappie need him? Because he really he doesn't do anything. I mean, he helps him at the end, but like. For Chappie's purposes, what does he need him for? Maybe he's trying to right the wrong because he knew that he could have been a star in the military. And he's still pretty young. So maybe one day he could be like a general or a colonel or a captain or something. So maybe he's just trying to, I don't know. And and I'll be honest, I mean, with the whole violent part of the second half, I'm not even sure he kills anyone. I think it's all the, the kids take care of everything. Yeah. Now, Lou, again, questionable. We could get into if he really kills a guy he does punch a guy pretty hard and the guy falls out of the back of a truck so maybe that's true okay <laughs> it's more the kids it's more the kids that do all the killing in the second half of this movie so so I, again you already mentioned it but man that running joke throughout the movie of him saying that he's going to get a replacement and his finger on the receiver or even doug uses the joke to wheeler later in the movie which is yep, pretty yep. funny so this was we talked about the flashbacks already because that's the next time when he gets into the plane when he sits in it by himself. It seems like he, that's the first time he's been in a real plane, my besides a crop duster. But then we get the scene that really blew my mind for the first time. I mentioned it during our opening was in this movie. These kids live here, like it's not like this is like a summer camp or an after school program. Like they live there, and Luke Gossett wakes them up singing Deo. And this is where I'm like, all right, where's this movie going? Like, yeah. like, we're watching a kid's movie. Like, it really seems like a kid's movie, you know? And you're, you're right. They're living there. There's no... You, okay, so these are delinquents, and this is, like, their punishment, I guess, you know, to learn. There's no one else there. There's no adults. There's, there's yeah. no uh, guards. There's no, like, so, like, are they there on their own? Like, if, <laughs> if they don't want to be there, can they leave? Like, you know, like, it doesn't make sense. None. Really, because I guess Chappie lives there. We never saw him like retire to his dorm, but he lives there, I guess. But nobody else. It is gated in, obviously, like to like razor wire fence to like keep the planes in. But yeah, you're right. There's no other adults because the other guy. There's no one else there. There's no one else there. And and again, Chappie is retired. So is he just volunteering? Like what's what's like? And and again, are these kids volunteering? Like this, they're not showing like you know like. What was it called? Uh, parole. parole. There's no parole oh, yeah. officer or anything. Like, there's nothing. Like, you would think, all right, they're, they're, they would be checking on them. There's absolutely nothing. Yeah, there could have been, like, some exposition thrown in real quick. Like, 
hey, by doing this program, these kids are going to be able to shave six months off their thing. Right, Man, right. Who's right. benefiting from this at all? Really? It's just chappy. Obviously, the yeah. kids are being able to have a cool experience. But other than that, there's no reason for this program. And they're not really training them for military. I, I, I don't know what, like the flying is just, it's almost looked like leisure. It's, it's only for competition with paintballs. Like that's really what they're flying for. Like it's not even like learning military tactics or anything. It's, it's very basic. So yeah, this whole scenario does make sense. I wonder if they really do do that. That's one thing that I was really interested in watching that scene, which isn't like a little bit, but we can talk about it now. But when they're like shooting each other with paintballs, Dude, I was thinking about like the new Top Guns coming out at the end of this year, I think. I wonder if that would like spurn like another kind of, not like Iron Eagle, but another kind of movie like that. Because I thought that was so cool when they were basically tagging each other with paint. It's cool, but at the same time, you know, if you've ever played paintball, it's nerve wracking. You know, you're running around, getting shot out, you know, you're in a plane. I got it. And these are kids. I'm assuming if when all of a sudden you get splattered like out of the blue with like you know, a, a paintball, you're going to get you're going to get a little jumpy. You're going to get yeah. a little nervous. Like so these like again, it seems a little dangerous to be playing paintball in the sky. Yeah, no, it is definitely dangerous. <laughs> and especially with all the people right there with these kids that seem like it's not. It's almost it reminded me of uh, meatballs, the meatballs kids versus the yeah yeah i forgot tomahawk camp camp mohawk those are the rich kids that have everything and that's the same thing that this was and it doesn't seem to be any boundaries whatsoever with the planes like they can go wherever they want (laughs) while they're playing this game i mean and and they really come close to crashing so many times like it's just unbelievable so before we finish that part this is like (laughs) another when you knew things were getting a little troubling because we did get when they were doing like the round table, when Doug was introduced to all the teens, they were like, uh, he was given like a little thing about each one kind of remind me of John P Ryan and death wish for when he knew a little bit about each bad guy. Yeah. That's yep. what, that's what Chappie was doing. He's like, yeah, Kitty over here is able to hack into any computer. And this guy did this and this guy did this. That, that was so typical, like a, like a typical thing you see in movies all the time introducing the characters later on i have a theory that might i think i think it's going to click with you but okay so wheeler who is this troubled teen she's talked to doug for she's known him for what 10 minutes we really don't know how long is that anything we got the montage oh we might have got the montage already with doug sleeping in the plane and not paying attention to the kids flying yep yep but she goes up to him she goes hey did you ever think about being a drug runner to mexico they're looking for pilots i'm like (laughs) How do you say that to somebody? Like, that's awkward, you know. Like, well, I mean, she she basically has no filter, you know. No. So again, and and she sees something in him. I mean, he, he, Doug, when you have an attitude the way he does, and he doesn't care and doesn't give a crap, you know, maybe he'd make a good drug runner. Maybe he would. Maybe she noticed that like tension between him and Chappie, and he did it right. Obviously, he wanted to leave. He said, "I hate kids," so maybe she's like perfect person to get right. in on this drug running scheme to Mexico. And let's be honest, she is super ballsy. Oh. So, you know, for her to just come out and ask him, uh, I'm not surprised because yeah. she, throughout this whole movie, she's just like, she absolutely has no fear at all in anything. Yeah. <laughs> no fear at all. So then we get during the competition, we meet who, who's like a legendary Canadian actor, Al Waxman, who plays, he plays the general, uh, Major General Bat 
Brad Kettle, who's friends with Chappie. I guess they go way back because yep. they have a bit of a relationship. But at that same time, Kitty almost crashes her plane. It starts Correct. smoking. It takes a nosedive. And somehow she luckily saves herself. And again, they don't seem that concerned. No, not at all. Like I, I get, I panic when it's a little turbulence in a plane. Yeah, you know, and, and these this kid's plane is on like is smoking, like you said, smoking and cool, calm, and collective. You know, yeah, she's a little nervous, but not like your plane's going down. Like you know, and she's a kid. You know, not too many people can handle something like that, and she does it fine. Like this, these kids are like the bravest kids ever. No, dude, the stuff that they do is what <laughs> you're right. So here's the part that confused the hell out of me. So there's a competition going on, right? So wouldn't you think in this competition, your plane takes off and then the other, the opposing plane takes off and then you're trying to shoot each other with paint. So how does Wheeler and Rudy end up just landing at some random base somewhere? And she goes there to, to stop and discuss drugs with her drug dealer, Luther. Oh, don't they realize she's, first of all, she's missing. Like you're, 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 it's, it's an open airspace. So you're seeing the planes take off and you're seeing the planes in action. You don't think anyone can see the plane going off on its own, you know, and then wondering where the plane's going. Yeah. And this scene's absolutely bonkers. You're going to show it. Yeah. So, (laughs) so uh, let me do the play by play. She tries to get over on Luther and give like sugar instead of cocaine. And then (laughs) she, Somehow beats up. How many guys are there? There's four, there were four. No, there were four guys there. Don't forget, in the beginning, before that, when she first gets there, she pretends to punch him, and they all back off. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. So, you know what? She almost has, like, the Pat Benatar look. Yeah, yeah. No, and Pat Benatar's hot. And then I just noticed her grabbing the grenade, like, rewatching this. Yeah. <laughs> that's what oh, I was yeah. about later. I'm like, where does she get a grenade? No, no, no. She grabbed on her way out. And first of all, these drug guys, I mean, they, ha- they own tanks. What drug, what, what drug dealers? Own- and, and the guy looks like he could be a singer for Metallica. Yes. And the fact that, oh my God, dude, I, I can go talk about this forever. The fact that trying to murder <laughs> her over probably what's Correct. like, I don't know, a couple grand in, in like fake Coke and, the guy sucks. He can't hit her at all. Oh. And th- here's the part that I talk about. He she throws this grenade into empty barrels, and somehow it's the largest explosion ever. <laughs> this guy runs out, and somehow he's how far away, and he somehow catches up to her when she's on the plane. You know, I, well, I, I also love the dramatic dive that she does in between the two, you know, trailers, and then you see her run off. I mean, it just ridiculous. She, again, she's got she's obviously a delinquent so she's got to be let's just let's just say she's a senior in high school i mean she's obviously older than the other ones you're gonna tell me this girl senior high school is able to take on first of all how bad of a drug dealer gang that you have to be that a senior in high school girl is taking you all out the worst and the fact that he looked like the the ginger from children of the corn and the burbs <laughs> that's who that's all i could see i don't think that was him but the fact that that guy is holding the Uzi and you see the blanks coming out and he's like not even aiming towards her. Oh, it's they're, they're almost as bad as the, the, the greaser gang in the Warriors. Oh, exactly. Yeah. You, you remember those guys? They yeah. wore the dirty t-shirts and 
but the grenades that's the whole point i wanted to show that clip for people yes. are watching if not you know we just did the, a little like play-by-play like john madden and fat summerall the, just the fact that that was a large explosion and later in the movie when we go back to that same place nothing nothing the, it, yeah. you saw how big that was luther was pretty close to that and i'm like at this point i thought he was dead i thought i thought we saw our first death was this a scene that his money blows up or is it later on? That's that's later on. I, I'm being honest. At this point, I thought he was dead. No, I, I thought the whole gang was dead. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I mean, th- that that explosion, sh- the way as the size of it should have taken out that whole area, the whole <laughs> building. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, listen, when you when you see a grenade go off in the movies, you know, you see an explosion. But usually it's like one guy flying off, not a massive explosion like that. No, and they look like you're right. They look like empty barrels. Yeah, they look like old rusty barrels that I don't know. Maybe for that day they poured jet fuel in them or something. <laughs> you you know what you you forgot one line the drug dealer said that I I, I thought was the, the the best line in the movie. What? So I think she she goes. Hey Luther, how's business? It grows painfully, like hemorrhoids. <laughs> at Evernorth Health Services we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI it's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I thought you were going to say when he goes, kill the little snot rag. (laughs) So then how close are they to the actual like air force battle? Because somehow Doug, who just happens to think, let me go in this plane, even though he's drinking like, like an hour before this competition, he goes in the plane and finds them and then makes them go in. Well, he is Doug Masters. He is Doug Masters. Oh <laughs> shit. And just the fact the fact the fact that they are doing we know watching it that these are like professionals, but at the same time they're supposed to be the kids. They are doing like it was like the movie Step Up or like Breaking, but with airplanes, because they were going back and forth doing tricks. So, which makes me think, how long do you think they're in that school to be able to fly a plane? Let, I mean, again, you, you, when you fly a plane, you have to fly for a certain amount of hours with yeah. someone. So, you know, which is a long time. But to do tricks like that, I would I would think it takes years of flying, you know, to get to that level of the way they fly. Yeah, I don't think they I don't think they were there for years. Like it almost seems like they're kind of like new recruits. Well, the way like true. no, no, uh, that is true because the cop, one of the cops that he, I always remember, he he's one of the board members in Tommy Boy. That's yeah, he's in a million things, but that's how I remember from. He was the dickhead cop. He said, "I want these kids out of here." He made it seem like it was like so fresh that those kids were there because he was like, "I just want these kids to go back to ju- like go back to prison." So it seemed like. It wasn't that long. So how do they even, first of all, how do they learn how to fly? Like you said, because it does take a ton of hours to do that. 
but how long does it take to do those stunts? How do you learn that? That's what I mean. Like it's, it, it's, they seem way too loose in the plane for the limited time that they've, they're on that ranch or yeah. whatever they are. So, yeah. So, I mean, they must be quick learners. They are. And this is like our, our turning point. I don't know how far into the movie. I think we were kind of like overestimating before it's like less than half of the movie. I think it's like the first 20 minutes. I think that scene is at like 21 minutes. Cause when I cut that clip, but the fact that Doug's like, Hey, land on that empty, uh, that empty air force base. That should be fine. Go land there. And what, what, where this movie went again, first of all, drug dealers being involved. Okay. They're juvies. Maybe that may, that makes sense. Right. But the fact that the military in in seconds when they're like, who are those kids? Oh, they're just a bunch of kids. I think they go to the flight school down the road. And he's like, kill them. I'm like, kill them. Yeah. <laughs> and they start shooting at these kids. Like it, the, the yeah, the, that this is where it starts making a turn. Yes. Now, the, uh, the only thing I'm thinking of, because later on, they pretend to call their parents or something. Maybe they're all military brats. Oh no, that was fake to get information. Okay, so they weren't real. Okay, I know, I know it was fake, but I didn't like. I it, they made it look like I, I was look confused. Maybe they were military brats. Yeah, right, so they were trying right, to get like mind. the location of something because they were like, because remember it was like the one kid asking for his dad. I haven't seen my dad in a while, and then the and then the girl was like, "Well, he left a pregnant woman. Do you like that?" <laughs> it was like okay. But no, yeah, yeah. All right. that's what that was. But the fact that they landed, I don't think those kids could have even seen from that high up or while you're landing, how fast you're going, that these guys pulled this canister out of the ground, which at first I had no idea. Did you have a guess of what it was? I, I thought it was some kind of nuclear weapon. Oh, okay. Like it was just, you know, that's what I mean. Again, I just, just based on what was going on in the movie, that's what I was assuming right away. Cause it's military, you know, I'm, what else would they be looking for? Yeah, I just, for some reason, where it was buried and everything, I'm like, is this, like, more drugs? Is this, like, a ton of money or something? But the story of what it is, when we get to that later, is pretty pretty <laughs> badass. And the fact that that guy accidentally turns it on, the one nerdy military guy with the glasses, he goes... He looks familiar. He looks familiar. He looked like the, the guy from Child's Play 3. I don't think it was him. Yes. Yes. Okay. Exactly like that nerdy guy. <laughs> So, yeah, they find this canister. Somehow it starts counting backwards 48 hours. What's going to happen in 48 hours? And why wouldn't they have known this? They pulled this thing out of the ground. They had no guess that there was a timer that could, like, self-detonate whatever this could be, nuclear or what. <laughs> like, okay, Do they explain who, who planted that there? No. No. So, like, so, so that, I mean, that's a big, like... Where did it come from? How did they know it was there? And like, why is it buried? The only guess I have is later in the movie, they all know about it. So I'm guessing they just hid it there. But why would you hide it there? Why wouldn't you just exchange it here? I'm going to park my truck, open the trunk and take it out. Why would you bury it in the ground like that? Yeah. No, no, that is true. (laughs) So then, so then the kids get back. They tell Chappie. Chappie tells General Kettle because they're close. What's going on? And then they reach out to like the air force, like upper, upper echelon. And now they're just trying to figure out what was going on. But the one thing that Doug noticed was like the first two numbers or the first two letters on it. And it was like TX or something. And he's like, Oh, Doug, that's toxic waste. 
that's nuclear. And it's like, whoa. Okay, this movie is now a nuke. First of all, we have a girl, a high school girl, drug runners beating guys up, throwing grenades. And now we have possibly a nuclear bomb. And again, all against kids. All against kids. So so they have enemies with the nuclear bomb people in, in the military and the drug runners. <laughs> Just a normal day at Chappie's Flight School. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so then at the same point, they're talking with each other. It's Chappie and Doug, like in this room. They have to be smart, but they're not. They talk about everything. And the, the guys are eavesdropping the whole time. Yep. Like the Air Force guys, they know exactly what they're talking about. And then this is when Doug, this is where it gets revealed, like everything. Doug says his gripe. He's pissed about Chappie because Chappie didn't come and get him, which which I agree with you. Uh, he blew up in front of everybody. And, yeah. and let's let, let's be honest. I mean, if you if if you're seeing that, and Chappie saw the plane blow up, I believe in a second one, he saw it yeah. blow up, right? Like, okay. So you don't think you're going to see someone jump out with a parachute? <laughs> Yeah. If you're watching, if you're watching the explosion, you're going to see someone come out. I mean, it, it's, I, I, it's, I, it doesn't make sense that you wouldn't see that, first of all. So if Chappie thinks you're dead, why would he come look for you? You know, I mean, and he said he said the politicians are the ones that figured it out. Yeah, he, he really wanted to rub that in. Those politicians <laughs> got me out. You did nothing. <laughs> and then Doug's bound, like leaving at the same time. Wheeler's going to steal the plane. And then Rudy, the 12 year old kid, tries to convince her to stay. And then good old Chappie right there to give her a cup of coffee. Where where does this movie take place? Do you know? Um, well, it's filled outside Toronto. Where's no, 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 in, in the movie? In the movie, though, yeah. You know, I would guess the southern part of the United States because they keep saying Mexico, like it's not well, far. I, that, that was my concern. Like that plane, depending on where you are in the United States, is not making it into Mexico. You know, I, I don't even know if we can make it more than two hours, that kind of plane. Like, it, yeah. it, that's the small, I'm sure that small fuel tank. So, you know, unless they're like super close to Mexico, she's not going to Mexico. Yeah, and it was way too, not saying the southern part of the border, the United States, not saying it's not beautiful, but it's really not that lush and green. So obviously <laughs> it's the the Toronto, like in Jason Takes Manhattan, Vancouver is... You know, coast of New Jersey, you know, there's mountains in New Jersey. But no, that whole part, <laughs> the fact that she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go to Mexico. But I love that Chappie is like that father figure. And I don't know where he could have been hiding because it's gotta be very echoey in that, you know, little like whatever they're called, like a hangar. Oh, there's there's only five people that live there. So that you're not gonna hear any background noise. He, he <laughs> just like is already in the plane, sort of like leaning over and he's like, Coffee before you go. <laughs> he, you know i i he's he's he you know i know you referenced toy soldiers i feel like he's he's playing the exact same role that he played exactly. for toy soldiers that's what i mean yeah he was just more of a hard ass in toy soldiers because yes, yes he was the principal of the school and he was really hard on all those kids like sean Aston. he was super well all those guys will wheaton he, well he was, they, they were they were a pain in the ass though so i mean i don't blame him that movie's the best. I gotta re- I'm watching that. It, it really is. What when did it come out? Did that come out? Uh, 92, 93. Before oh, so, the, so Toy Soldier was first. Toy Soldiers was first, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you saying there's a correlation between this and Toy Soldiers? Oh, 100 percent I guarantee whoever wrote this movie or the studio is like, hey, Lou works great with kids. 
and it works on screen. But at least in this movie, the villain isn't as good in this movie. Well, it's a secret kind of oh, thing, yeah. which we'll get to. But the yeah. Toy Soldiers, that guy is oh, great. It's awesome. No, no. no the movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get, dude, and then this is where it gets even crazy. Well, I don't know. How can it keep getting crazier? It does. Because now, from this point, the Air Force, like, calls the cops on these kids. You have school buses coming to pick all these kids up and to take them away. And these kids escaping. So they're on this bus <laughs> with cops with guns and Wheeler. Three cop like, cars, by the way. And, and it's three cop cars. Yes. And Wheeler already took the plane because I think Chappie <laughs> let her take it, right? I think he yeah, let yeah, her yeah. take it. And she well, he, like, he knew it's not going to make it to Mexico. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, All right, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, go fly to Mexico. You know, he knows that she'll probably end up calling him like an hour later. Uh, I'm only, I'm only, you know, an hour away. Can you help come get me? <laughs> Dad, can you pick me up? I ran out of gas. <laughs> but she does like Doug's move that he, right? Doesn't Doug do it before this? That's why she wants to try. Oh, no, no, yes, I'm sorry. Yes. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Wheeler does this move and then Rudy tries to repeat it later. Correct. In the movie. Correct. But she, she does that and somehow the turbulence, right? Like shakes everything. And then the kids, these kids take over a bus with cops. Well, based on what they do the whole movie, I'm not surprised. Listen, the military, the cops, and the drug runners then combine, they're not the smartest group of people. No, no, they're not. But it's just crazy because none of these kids are like hard felons. No, they're not. And and this and they're like they're kind of like nerdy, you know. So, like, yeah, so yeah, it does it all this except for Wheeler. None of this makes sense. (laughs) And I've said that about 15 times now that none of this makes sense. And this there's like five other times I'm gonna say it because really the rest of this movie, none of it makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And then Wheeler even has a line, she goes, I'm coming for you, Wilcox. And then that's when she starts. Before she even does that, she shoots paintballs at the bus too. So all of this is happening. And and how about Dana when she takes his gun and she points it at Wilcox's dick and says, one wrong move and you'll be Captain Nocox. That's the best line in the movie. And, and again, she's probably like a freshman or sophomore in high school, you know, and she, so she's willing to, again, like she's taking the law to a whole nother level now. You're, you're, you're drawing a gun against a cop. Like, I, 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 it, the crimes that these kids do the rest of the movie are insane. Yeah. They can have a sequel. Like, they can have Iron Eagle 5, and it would just be like a John Grisham movie. It would just be like court. It would be like all the, because they still have to get in trouble for this, right? Oh. Well, it, it, you, you assume if they're at, you know, they're forced to do this fun camp that they're at, um, it's, uh, they're on probation. So if you violate probation, you know, you're going back to jail or your, 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 your days in jail are even longer. So yeah. by the end of this movie, they should have life in prison. <laughs> but really, at this point, they know that something is happening with the Air Force and they're doing something shady. But is it are are they thinking when they're getting taken back to Juvie that they're going to be murdered? Like, why would they take the trap? Wouldn't they be like, all right, there's adults involved. Chappie knows what he's doing. I'll just let him handle it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) 
Well, again, they are juvies and, you know, they might have, you know, I, yeah, I don't know. Now, you know, I was going to try to find a reason, but yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense why they would take it to this level. Like she's going to murder a cop, like shooting him in the dick. He's going to bleed out. He's going to bleed. Well, out. I mean, if you get shot there, it's not really murder. I mean, you could, you, you could still live if you get shot, shot, shot in your dick. But is that really living? Well, I mean, it depends. How often, how often do you use it? <laughs> <laughs> so then they take it over. I, I, I love when they take over the bus and they handcuff these two cops and they just like strand them in the field and then they run over the cops. That, I don't even think there's cops in the other cars. I think there's they're empty cars, I think. But they just run over those two just for the hell of it. it the way the, the cop cars all just like crash is so ridiculous. Like they, they like they've never driven a car before. Like they oh, all yeah. every every single car like spun out and crashed out of out, out of the way. Ridiculous. <laughs> and it looked like those cars, like when the bus was running into them, it looked like they were just like prop cars that they had nothing <laughs> in it because they moved so easy. And then oh, yeah. these, then these kids, you have Chappie. And Doug, and they're just like, oh, man, what the heck's going What are we going to do? And they show up. And Chappie was laughing at the damage. Like, he, he thought it was funny. <laughs> he, oh, like, no, I'm sorry. I, they were driving. They were following it in a van. That's what it was. Yes. They watched everything. And they, and, they were la- and they were laughing at what was going on. Like, he thought it was funny. Like, oh, these, like, oh, these silly kids. Yeah. <laughs> what and will they he, do next? <laughs> and what's his next thing? He goes, give me that gun. So he takes the gun from Dana, and he goes, Okay, they're going to be here soon. Get all those plays in the air. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, he's like aiding all of this. These kids are just going well, to be like. The rest of the movie, he's definitely an accomplice, accomplice to uh, the rest of the crimes. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he's he's aiding a bit. Was it aiding, aiding and betting? Or what like that, yeah. yeah okay. I think that's all right. right. If there's any cops so. listening, give us at sequels only. Let us know exactly <laughs> what that phrase is. Because embedding and abetting, I don't know. There, there is a funny part coming up. I thought um, when they said, "Oh, something like they can hide it in haystacks, something like that." I uh, yes. It, <laughs> and the next scene, they're, they're they're putting hay all over the. I love that. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> so, so one really cool, heartfelt scene. It really shows, like, obviously Lou Gossett Jr. We know like his chops, but like Jason, for this being his first feature film and had and his love of theater like still like he's performing doing it at the Shaw Festival in Toronto and this scene was like really heartfelt like when you have Chappie apologizing him for abandoning him and you just like feel like holy shit this movie that was just batshit crazy people are trying to kill these kids like the military then you get it slows down and you get like this really heartfelt scene and then Chappie gives him a tape, and you're like, "All right, yeah, you know, you're." I I, I was hoping it was the t- his tape from the first movie. That song, I forget the name of the song, and you yeah, know, I couldn't think from that first movie, but it was so awesome. I, it's like I, I, Iron Eagle. I think might be the name of the song, like the theme song <laughs> of the movie. And you know, it it wouldn't have been so cool if that was just like the if he played it when he was in, in the air. I mean, that would have yeah. been like perfect. Yeah, but, we'll talk. We'll talk about yeah, it when we'll he does play it. But the thing that was kind of weird is like, right now he apologizes. He kind of like opens up to him and tells him like, "Hey, I'm really sorry." They kind of bro it out, you know. 
he apologized a few times to him. So, I mean, uh, you know, again, he, 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 he was like a father figure to him in the first movie. Cause you know, he helped him get his father from the first movie. Yeah. And then this is another flashback, right. From Doug. And this is a part that Jason was telling me. It was like the worst thing he hated shooting was just getting dragged around in the snow oh. by the Soviets. But uh, then from there, this is like one thing I wrote down and I, we mentioned it sort of in a bunch of ways, but like, you have like the air force. Okay. That has like what, how much of those planes, half a billion each, like how sophisticated some of these like jets are. And you're in these yellow, like you said, Snoopy planes, like you have no, you really have no chance, right? <laughs> Not these kids. No. Yeah. Again, you're, you're, you, you have a team of middle school and high schoolers going against the military. I mean, like they really make the military so weak in this movie. You know, if this is like the real military, cause it's like, they're horrible. If they can't handle middle school and high school kids, how are they going to handle Russia, China, you know, any, any other country that we're dealing with? Exactly. This is like red dawn. Oh yeah. Wolverine, oh, yeah. A bunch of high school kids took out two communist regimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just, I just wish it wasn't the the U.S. going against these kids. Like, I, I don't know, like because there was a lot of military people involved in this whole situation, you know. So, like, I, I don't know how deep it goes, and it just, you know, I have the United States, you know, it, I, I, I think I like, I would have liked the terrorist kind of, you know, feel to it. No, that could have been better, and then it was just confusing because we only met like how many heads of everything, and then. At that very last, in the last act, we meet people we've never seen before, and uh, well, you know what? You also don't you don't know who who's bad in the military, who's not. You know, yeah. when you meet all these characters, so like that was a little confusing too, because even the characters ended up being good. I thought they were on the bad side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, when Doug shows up again, when they all meet, he throws them a bag. So here's my theory. You ready? Okay. So in this movie, all right, in like this alternate version. Chappie's gone crazy because when you think of this next scene, when he is in this room and he is talking to all these kids, he's wearing his full like colonel or general uniform and all these, he's talking to these teenagers. Then flashback to the beginning of the movie when he is introducing all the kids, each kid, no, no two kids have the same level of like, crime so there's the one kid that's the hacker the girl that can get the guns so he like handpicked these kids for this moment to happen one day wait first of all doesn't doesn't masters give chappie that uniform that's what i mean he gives him that bag so okay okay so oh so you think he handpicked these kids because he's going crazy Dude, he's going cra- in this scene. He looks crazy when he's like, so, okay, uh, Wheeler, can you get guns? <laughs> what? Okay, you know what? So now you made me think, as you're saying that, what if this is a fight club scenario? Those kids don't exist. <laughs> Chappie's, the one take- Chappie's the one taking out the military people. He's the one flying, but he has the kids in his mind are doing everything, but he- it's really him. First rule of flight club. <laughs> don't talk about flight club. <laughs> <laughs> all right mic drop right there but no I, I i'm telling you when i watched that scene it was like 
midnight last night and I was on like no sleep and I'm watching this scene. I'm just like, dude, he's crazy right now. Well, considering that from this point on, he's he's committing crimes of stealing uniforms from the military, stealing guns, stealing like so like he's he may be crazy. I and again, you're making me think it's possible that he's just thinking this whole thing up and he because you know what? What are the odds of middle school kids flying planes? Not that good. That's so it's, it would make sense if he's up there. How's he flying four planes? <laughs> well, how do you know there's four planes? Oh, that's true. <laughs> In his mind, he sees four planes. But no, Correct. At, at this point, these they know, right? The cops are arrested. They know that these kids escape, and they know that Chappie looks out for them. Which right. he's only known him what three weeks, and he's like put like putting his neck out for him. Wouldn't they have his photo anywhere and be able to say like, "Hey, if this guy shows up, don't let him in." He sneaks into some pretty, you know, pretty like classified places, just like walking in. Well, he's like, well, he goes, "Yeah, I'm I'm taking toilet paper in because he he takes that truck of the toilet That's paper, funny, yeah. the bathroom supplies." I mean, like, but like. So really, like, you can just say anything you want to the guy up front and he's like, all right, you know, and as long as you're wearing a uniform, you can go right in. Another trope in movies, like the Morgan employees that are creepy, it is the people that are at the gate, like the most important thing. They should be the most qualified people because if criminals and people don't get in somewhere, then the crimes won't happen inside. They're They're the front line and they're usually the dumbest people. Mm-hmm. You know, again, you're right. You would think you would want the most observant, mo- you know, the, the most intelligent people at that desk, at that front gate, making sure only the people allowed in go in. No, it's usually the dumbest people that, you know, all you got to do is say, you know, tell them who you are, make it up and tell them what you're bringing in. And they're like, OK. <laughs> so then we get now Chappie tells Wheeler to get the gun. So it's Doug and and Wheeler going to get the guns. And you realize how wrong that is. He's telling these two kids, go get the guns from drug dealers. Yes. Like, are you, so he's, I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. (laughs) And this is where I said earlier, when they land at that place and I'm like, wow, this place looks familiar. I'm like, wait, this place blew up. This place is gone. Why are we thinking that this place is standing still? But no, yeah. every everything's fine, and she even says, "Screw you, Luther." She like whispers it. While, but that's where my mind exploded because she says, "Screw you, Luther," pointing to his trailer. And I'm just like, "Okay, it's his trailer." It's like if you drive past an ex girlfriend's house from when you're in high school and you flip off the house. I don't do that. But if you were to do that, <laughs> they don't live there anymore. You're just doing it for the sentiment. So that's what I thought happened here. I thought she did that as a sentiment. Then we cut to him inside playing solitaire. And again, and and this is where he keeps his money, correct? Yes. Now, would you keep it just in a trailer? How's he living there? He lives on a base. Well, how did he get the base? Because he has as much military equipment as the, the military because he's yeah. driving around in a tank later on and then this is the part with one thing i didn't think i would see is doug masters murders a guy a guy comes up with a gun puts the gun way too close to him anyway it's not like he was going to shoot him and then 
Doug takes the gun, turns, and shoots a guy. And he he seemed okay with it. He was okay with it. And this, I believe, is the beginning of the rest of the murders that are going on. There's a lot of murders. You know, it's funny if you search Doug Masters, Iron Eagle 4, one of the gifts that comes up, like for gifts, it's him when he walks into, after he shoots that guy, and Wheeler's like, where you been? And he's like, I don't know. I've never had a gun before. And he's just like, like waving it around. Like, he's probably like, what the hell's going What did Chappie get me into? Well, then if he's never had held a gun before, how did he kill this guy in one shot? I'm sure when he was in the air Force, up until that, I'm sure you trained to shoot a gun. Did you carry a gun? I, I, I guess. Well, he, uh, all right. Sure. He's played uh, I, arcade. Games. I, I just thought air force people just fly. <laughs> That's all you do. <laughs> hey, hey masters. What is that? Oh, it's a gun. I bought it. You don't get the touch gun. Stupid. Get in the plane right now. That's what you do. <laughs> Navy guy. Ouch. Get in the boat. That's all you get. <laughs> and then like you said luther has a tank for a guy that can afford a tank i think he can afford a fireproof safe or somewhere else to hide his money or just a better location i mean he's basically right in the open yeah. you know for like it's not like he's he's a drug dealer who's has drugs money and tons of weapons right in the open like there's there is no hiding where he is so, like, yeah, if he if he can afford all this stuff, why does he not have like a better location? Exactly. And how much they they do seem to be in the middle of nowhere. You know, they're not in a populated town. How much business can he really do there? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> He's like the main guy, so I'm sure people fly in and he gives them like like pounds Wait, to sell. You, you think he's that big of a drug dealer that people are flying in to get the drugs? I don't know. Well, I don't think people are. Fly- I'm saying maybe like the pushers come pick it up. But that's what I was trying to think. Like, what's his story? Like, how I, does I, how does he operate there? Like you said, but how does he have the money to get a tank? Or did he? Did the tank come with the base? It, it might have came with the base. Might have been a deal. You you take the base, you get the tank. You know. But okay. So, but Wheeler is a drug pusher as well. And who is she selling it to? There's no one around. There's no one around. The kids in the juvie. Chappie, how's he dance like that? And the, he's doing Deo at five in the morning. He's definitely doing cocaine. All right. All right. If, you think, if, if her business is basically four middle schoolers and Chappie, I don't know if she's making a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's better locations for dr- drug dealers. I'm just saying, yeah. because even when, they, when they're driving around and chasing them, there's literally no no houses. There's nothing around. They're they're in such a big open area state that I I don't know. You know, again, there was only five people on that entire place where Chappie is, and there's only two where that woman lives. You know, with that where where Masters was. You know, like there's really nobody. There's really no extras in this movie. The only extras we really ever see is at the competition. Yes, yes, that's it. Really? Oh, and and in the military at the end of the movie, like every so often we do see some people, but it's probably the same people over and over. Yeah, but that's a military base, yeah. so like there's nobody outside of the military or drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> and like you're talking about with Luther, he's he's just firing this tank willy nilly. Like he doesn't have to. They're trying to drive away in a jeep, and he keeps missing. He keeps missing. 
And then he doesn't realize that he's aiming at his own frigging trailer that he blows <laughs> it up. I mean, and I, I would assume tank bullets cost a lot of money and you don't have that many of them. So he just wasted pretty much probably his whole arsenal on going after this girl. Again, for 2000 bucks. I know she's stealing guns. I get that. But murder? <laughs> murder? So then at the same time, you're talking about Chappie when he uh, delivered the toiletries. And then the guy said, yeah, they have you job- doing a job like that? He's like, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Because <laughs> that was like a poop joke. And they went, well, definitely was a poop joke. Yeah. But they couldn't think of a better product to be bringing along in that in that in that jeep like the toiletries of all yeah. the things they you know i mean yeah i thought when he took the guy's manifest at the gate which somehow he was he was at the gate before the gate because somehow he was able to convince that guy to let him take over and then he drove a little forward and then there was another gatekeeper which yeah again but well, here's the it was chappy a general or yeah. something. Okay. So they're going to think a general is delivering toiletries. Exactly. <laughs> All right. And then at the same time, Kitty and Pete are in the back because Kitty's the hacker. They walk right in through the front door. Wouldn't they be like, hey, these are the juvenile kids because their photos are on records. Right. Watch out for these kids on the base. No. She's able to get to a computer and hack in and we're able to find out that it's not nuclear. It's bio warfare with viruses. And let, let's just say that she might be one of the best hackers I've ever seen. Because what she does later on is unbelievable. And don't worry, I have that queued up. So sorry about that. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> so now you just have. So now they escape. They're able to get out in time. Pete is smart enough when the doors get locked from the outside because they know somebody's access to the computer. Pete uses a chain, rips the door off. Somehow one or the other. How did that happen? So the door gets ripped off. Chappie and Kitty get into there. And then with the door that was on the ground, some army, some Air Force guy was like, hey, let me jump on this and grab it. <laughs> what were you going to accomplish? Well, they were in a, he was going to follow the truck. He's in a, you know, well, you wouldn't do that? <laughs> I think the stunt guy was like, Hey man, somebody's got to try this, man. It's so much fun. <laughs> Listen, that's something Indiana Jones would do. Yes. But he's not Indiana Jones. Or like somebody, I feel like they do that gag in, what do we see that in? We saw that in one movie and we like talked about it. Because it looks Well, so it's bad. also, it's, it's sort of, isn't it in speed? Sort of like when the floor goes out and they're, no, it's not in speed. Is it no, speed? it's in no, speed, it's when speed when he's underneath the plane. When, yeah, yeah, when he's yeah. on the wheel thing underneath. Yeah. Which is that real? I don't want to go off on a tangent, but whoever thought of that, like, hey, the bus has a bomb. Let's send a guy on a little kind of kind of like mechanic, like wheel thing to lay on to go under it. But but the floor of the bus gives out like that. What would be the purpose? <laughs> it really serves no purpose. So, yeah, I, that's weird. <laughs> so then we get Chappie. He sneaks onto another base in like. I love the car that he's driving too, because he's like driving and he just like blows past the gate and nobody kind of stops him. He could be the anyone. worst security, the worst security. And Al Waxman, uh, General Kettle, 
he's like working out in the empty thing. He's sweating, wearing a sweatsuit. And okay, look, okay, hold on, hold on. He does not look like a guy that works out. No. Okay, so I don't know if that was for show. <laughs> I mean, the show that he's actually working, guys, extremely, you know, over. He's he's overweight, let's just say, and he's not in shape. There's no way he works out. No. So I'm not sure why they had to get him there. Yeah, but you know that him and Chappie go way back because right away when he's like, "Oh, Chappie, this is great," and he's like, "Hey, everyone, if so and so shows up, shoot them on sight." And you're like, "Whoa!" Well, was he in the first movie? Like, was he like, was he a recurring I don't character? Think so. No, right. he's in a ton. I feel like he was like in Meatballs too. Or no, he, he looked. He also had it. So many people in this movie, they had a, such a familiar face. Like he, ha- he's another one. I feel like I've seen him in, you know, something or something. You know, they're probably all. A lot of them were all like side characters in movies that you just see it so many times you don't realize. It. Yeah, he's he's a big time Canadian actor, and I even feel like I'm not gonna look it up now. I feel like he's in Meatballs three. I don't know what he could have been, but I feel like he was in Meatballs three. I'm gonna rewatch <laughs> that again. So then we get Rudy. So it's Rudy and Dana in the plane together because they're doing recon. So this is where he tries to pull like a wheeler and he gets really low when these military guys are just like, I don't even know what they're doing. They're just sitting on a road. He gets really low. And how about the one guy? He's like, give me that. This is the dumbest thing. So if they in their minds go, (laughs) hey, we're going to shoot down this plane. Like in their minds, they're like, we're not shooting to scare them. We're shooting to kill them. Right. Why is only one person shooting? I'm sure they have more than one gun. Right. And the guy's like a Bronson. He hits one shot, plane starts smoking, and it's go it's going down. I, I was saying, like, what are those guns gonna do with a plane? But apparently, I guess, you know, those bullets can just take down a whole plane. Yeah, well, not from the front. And from the front it didn't do much, but when it turned, he somehow hit like the weak point, like in a video game, yeah. like when you're going against <laughs> the boss, like the red glowing yep, yep. part. Because as soon as he shot that, it started smoking. And <laughs> holy crap, when they get to that part and you have Rudy and Dana are making a run for it. And oh, my goodness. Right away, you think they're just going to run away, right? No, yep. the same guy that shot Rudy down shoots him. That that scene was unbelievable. I was like, they did not just do this. And then I'm thinking like, all right, you know, the kid is probably wearing some kind of vest or, you know, it hit his his cell phone or something or hit something on him. So like it didn't pierce him. No, he really gets shot. <laughs> he really gets shot. I thought he was dead. Although, I mean, does he really get shot? Because he's able to drive a car, you know, a little later on. Uh, so, <laughs> so, you know, I questioned the, the severity of the shot that he's got. So. Yeah. And then at that point, again, they already, those air force guys were in the mindset, like, Hey, we're going to kill these kids because they know what's going on. So why did they all run? Except yeah. the one guy. Who was running and Doug Masters has like, I don't know, like a rifle from the Civil War because he fires it just straight in the air and the guy stops and like. Well, I mean, considering the planes are flying, I'm not surprised that he's got a gun from, you know, the Civil War, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, let's back up. I mean, when he gets shot, by the way, they make it look like he's dead. Oh, he's not moving. He's laying in the grass. Yeah. So you're thinking, and they don't, they don't show that too much in movies. Like they don't really show kids getting shot in movies, you know, like, no, they actually, this kid went flying. Like, you know, you would think it went like off screen and then you see the kid laying down. No, you see the kid get shot. (laughs) He drops to the ground and they even put a jacket over him. Yeah. Doug puts his jacket over him, like to cover him. And I'm like, that means he's dead, right? Like, but he only gets shot in the arm. 
right? I mean, the yeah. way they made that look, you know, I mean, come on. Okay. I, I've never been shot before. You haven't? But I'm a, no, I haven't. Have you? Oh, I know. I mean, I might've been shot at. I aspire, I, I aspire to be shot. Just see how it feels, right? Just so you just want to see what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm assuming, and I could be wrong. And if anyone out there has been shot, please, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. But yeah, you know, getting shot in the arm is just like, you know, like getting a needle. You know, it's it's you know, it's not like getting shot in the head or shot in, in the chest. I always think like you know, shot in the arm is not going to hurt as much. <laughs> it's oh, an arm. Great. How how much can it really hurt? Oh my god! You think people compare that? They start arguing at like the the VFW bar, and they're like, "Where'd you get shot? They get shot in the arm. Oh, get out of here, you pussy! You we're barely in the war." <laughs> That's like like in Joe's when they're showing all the injuries and. Uh, yes. <laughs> she broke my heart in the third grade. and brody's like looking for like a, a scratch or something and he has nothing <laughs> so how about the next scene when they're interrogating the one guy oh i i had to uh if you're if you're watching this on youtube but i'll explain it i have a picture of the wasp nest that looked pretty good the way it was moving okay. and stuff I I've been wanting to ask you what that was because it looks like a like Jason's mask from the first movie. <laughs> like I, I I I was I was trying to figure out what it was. This scene okay. So first of all, we're now we're adding kidnapping to the charges. Yeah. So we we already have murder. Now we have kidnapping, and the torture these kids are about to do is insane. It is. It, it's breaking everything that was written in the Geneva Convention. You're not able to <laughs> torture people like this. And I love when they're talking when Doug is talking about when he was in the Soviet prison and he's like, what should we do? Should we waterboard whipping bamboo under the fingernails? And it's like, no. And he looks up and there's a wasp nest. I'm like, why would they be that close to it? First of all. Yeah. And, and they like, who would think to do that? Like, you know, like, I mean, that's a, first of all, it's extremely, I mean, like, I mean, not if you listen, if you're looking at answers, that's a good way to do it. But like, like that's pretty sadistic. Like to even come across that and think that's a good idea. And who would think the wasps are going to be that cooperating that they're going to go right into this plastic <laughs> sleeve and not sting you? Well, you know, are they, they do. loyal to them? I know they do perfectly. And where did they get that sleeve? Because it looked like it was made. It looked like it was made for the wasp nest. <laughs> it was. It was like the <laughs> perfect size. You know. It really. <laughs> it's like really. What was that sleeve? Like it looks, it it almost looks like it's a wasp torture device that just needs the wasp nest. (laughs) Doug's been thinking about this for a long time. (laughs) He carries it with him everywhere, and he's like, "Oh shit, I know, I can go get it. Let me go get it for my car." Maybe he was going to use it on Chappie because he's been mad all this time. Ah, and he's like, "I get it ready. I've been waiting to see you for seven goddamn years. (laughs) I want to find some wasps." But I love that the guy was like maybe allergic because within seconds he like. He's saying like a canary. Well, again, in this movie, the military kind of weak. I mean, uh, Doug did the same thing when he was uh, in Russia. So yeah. there's definitely no loyalty to the countries. They're, they're, I mean, you would think, all right, it is wasps. Wasps, they may not kill you right away. At least like, you know, get a couple of bites before you say, all right, all right, I had enough. No, he, he didn't even get, they, they started getting close and right away he's singing. I can't even try it. Like, <laughs> yeah. didn't even try to tough it out. Well, Doug's description of it was kind of like, he's like, you know, like bees, bees sting once and then they're dead. Wasps, they sting four, five, six times. And the guy was like sweating. 
<laughs> okay, but it's not going to kill you. You know, I mean, it, it, it based on the torture, the water boarding or the nail, the bamboo under the nails, I would take the wasps. Yeah. I, I, you know, so to me, that's like, I'm like, I'm getting off easy. Yeah. Mel Gibson's getting his ball shocked and this guy can't even like attempt a one wasp. He got his ball shocked. Yeah. Did, oh, well, they shocked it. Well, he shot his stomach. What Al, movie? Al, Al Young in uh, Lethal Weapon. They have him hung up. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. With the, oh, yeah. With the car no, battery. He, he didn't get his ball. They didn't aim down there. Although, how about uh, in Casino Royale, he gets whipped in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> ouch! And this guy can't put a bag of bees on his head. Come on, tough it up, man. Don't give that guy the nuclear codes, <laughs> don't give him up in seconds. So then, General Kettle, the next part, he turns on Chappie, son of a bitch. So now it's Chappie, Kitty, and Peter. But what would you think at this point? Just like any good bad guy, right? Well, not really a good bad guy, a bad bad guy, because wouldn't you kill them right now? They know your secret. Correct. And and he calls Chappie a traitor. Now, this is a guy who's a military guy. Yeah. If anyone's a traitor, this guy is. And he, he's calling the definition a traitor. of traitor. Yeah. He's yeah. doing something that's <laughs> illegal and not right to do. Yeah. You know, I never understood that in movies where the bad guy always leaves the people that they should kill right away, you know, to still be alive, or they're like, all right, take care of this. You know, they leave, and then they, and then the main guy walks out, and it's never taken care of. I know. Like, <laughs> Every like movie. do it right there, and then you never have a problem. Like, if these bad guys were smart, they would never have a problem. And then the movie would only be 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get Wheeler. She's stressed about, you know, she wants to go after the guy who shot Rudy, and that's when Doug calls Chappie. And this is like, again, I'm not going to compare it to Rambo 2, but it has that element of him grabbing the phone from Chappie. So it's Kettle talking to him and he's like, you're, you were a coward in that prison. And it's like, whoa. And then he comes in, he goes, let's load up. And you get, again, this is kids going against the air force. I know they're bumbling. They're morons. They don't know what to do the right thing, but still, we're about to see, and we don't know what we're going to get, you know? And again, this is the United States military that you're going to start killing. I mean, that's, that's insane. So then we get, we find out what this is going to be about. So it's, they want to use this smallpox in order to curb communism in Cuba. So that is what is that he's worried. That's what the U S military is worried about in 1995. When you have like the Gulf War, they want to worry about Cuba, who's not trying to attack us at all. This is pretty deep and involved for an Iron Eagle four, you know, like a fourth movie in a franchise to go this deep of of the kind of chemical weapon it is and what they're trying to do is like that's 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 pretty heavy. Like that's something for like a first movie, yeah. you know, not the fourth movie town. That's like you know. At this point, it should be like, you know, well, I guess by the time you get a fourth movie, it's usually over the top anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then you have him talk. It's called Pandora's Box. And he and his big gripe about communism was the refugees that are coming into our country and the people that are packing up our beaches in Florida. That's that's his. Oh, man. So maybe they're supposed to be in Florida. 
All right. He says that, that line. Makes... He says packing up our beaches in Florida. So, well, if they are if they, if they are in Florida, I still don't think the plane's making it to Mexico. No, <laughs> but I mean, I I think he I I think I I can understand where he's coming from. I mean, if if you're a beach person, I mean, I would be pissed off too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great. All right. So then this is uh, so oh, the next scene is wild. Again, he walks out of the room. So. He's in there. They're in this chamber. The doctor's explaining everything. And you get him just walking like right out of this room. Uh, you get Kettle is like, okay, see you guys later. I'm like, whoa, what the frig's going the on? The same trope in every movie. Yeah. And this is it. So she kind of like just explains it to Chappie like, hey, this is what's going to happen. It's a smallpox vaccine and we can control it because we'll have the you know, the vaccine for it. So people have to listen to us. And then he just says, Kitty, press the button. She's like hacking. Nobody's watching Kitty on a computer. Right. It is a very small room. So the fact that no one can see, and she's looking directly at both of them. She's literally looking at both of them. And she goes, and he just says, Kitty, now smoke comes down. Some guy starts firing a gun. And all hell breaks loose. There's three people in their room. Not one person is her kidney do that. And she's so good at hacking. She did it with one hand and she did it sideways. Like she wasn't yeah. even facing the keyboard. <laughs> and she's that good. And now we're watching four or five people get murdered. Yeah. And absolutely not even die. Be tortured. Like probably that's like, that's gotta be one of the worst deaths of choking on gas and like that. And they're watching these. Now these are kids, young kids watching that. No remorse. And and and, and again, another trope in movies. They always do this. They spill the entire plan to the good guys before, right before something happens. Like they they, they have the need to always tell them exactly what's going to happen. I do love that. I guess maybe when you're so evil, you have this plan that you worked on for years, and you're, you're like, so excited I to tell. Gotta them. T- I gotta tell someone. <laughs> But it happens all the time that, you know, it, 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 all the time. <laughs> so then this whole part is insane too, because now you have Chappie. This is where Chappie knocks a guy out. So this is like maybe the only time that Ch- I guess Chappie would get charged with murder there. Right. He'd be aiding and abetting. <laughs> right. Yeah. But the fact that he knocks some guy out, takes his radio just so he's able to talk to Doug and be able to find out what's going on. And then he calls and he talks about Kettle. He talks about, he again, like you said, he tells him the whole plan. We're going to have this jet. It's going <laughs> to drop it, you know, right into Cuba and it's going to leave in an hour and like just spill it all. Yeah. You know, it's if, if, okay. So if, if you're smart, bad guys, and you really have the need that you got to tell them you're so excited that this brilliant plan, tell them, but then kill them right away. Yeah. Like they, it never happens that way. They tell them and then they, they walk out and say, all right, take care of them. And it never pans out. It's just the same thing. Every movie. And at this very same time, Kitty and Peter sneak onto the plane, which is absolutely insane. Cause it's not that big. And sometimes somehow they're hiding on this cargo plane with how many people are on it? Like four or five guys. Well, again, I mean, she just hacked the computer in front of three other military people that are all staring. It just So you saw that what happened. It was a circle room. So it was a circle room. So in a circle room, 
there's no corners. You can't hide anywhere. You see everything. So the fact that they didn't see her playing with the computer is ridiculous. <laughs> she's she's that good. So I'm not surprised that they didn't see them sneak on the plane. <laughs> and then Chappie gets held up by the nerdy Air Force guy. He comes out of nowhere and oh he's ready to <laughs> take him. He brings him the kettle and then kettle says, I guess I'll just have to shoot you myself, Chappie. And then boom, at that same time, airplane takes off. And he's like, there's no way to stop me now. The plan's already in motion. Which, obviously, this guy's smart enough to know that a plane can go in the air and not get to where it's supposed to go. <laughs> that, yeah, that was the end all. The plane leaving, it's done. Yeah, yeah. I love that Doug chose to go to the Air Force Base. And he pulls up next to a guy in like a brand new like fancy jet. Uses that gun to get him to come off uh, yeah but again at this point doug really hasn't outside of the one guy he shot he hasn't done anything yeah his murder rate's not that high kitty <laughs> it's not these, these kids are oh yeah yeah i think you know what i think kitty might have done the most damage yeah it's sure right you should show we didn't talk about that how they replaced paintball with bullets in those planes yeah yeah is, is it like does it work that way like if i put a bullet into a paintball gun is it going to work the same way you know what I, I, this is the same thing in child's play three when chucky changed the bullets <laughs> and all the kids started murdering each other i don't think that should be the case they don't look the same correct not only that it's not going to fit in the chamber the same way yeah. so you know the fact that they replaced paintballs with bullets and shooting it like it's a machine gun yeah and then this is where you mentioned it before Rudy. Rudy's in the back of the car and he oh. overhears them say, Hey, I think they basically said, like, hey, take that kid out. Yep. And- no, no, he needs to go to a hospital now, is what they said. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were taking him because they wanted to. Yep. But I think the the people that are probably treating him probably didn't know. Oh, remember how they found out? They said, I overheard on the radio there was a kid that got dropped yeah, 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 over yeah, the hospital yeah. and got shot in the back. And he's telling people that. Oh my god, I have it written down somewhere. Oh, because what's her name is the one to bring him to the airplane. Uh, Doug's old boss was the one to drop him off, and just the whole line was like the worst exposition. Yeah, there's a kid that got shot in the back, and some old lady, the lady that dropped him off, said that the military shot him. <laughs> like, okay, so let's let's talk about this for a second. So he was running, he got shot in the back. He said he heard them say he got shot in the back. Why is his arm in a sling? He fell and bumped it. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I'm assuming there's no way they could have shot the arm because he was running away. So he was facing the other way, and he definitely got shot in the back. I mean, the yes. way he got shot. But his arm's in a sling. <laughs> so they, so did he, like, the bullet didn't hurt him, but he fell. And when he fell, he landed in his arm the wrong way. And that's what really, really hurt him. So then this kid steals the car and we get like a mini like countryside OJ chase because he's just driving away. And this kid is he, I guess he's driven before. Oh, maybe that's his secret. We never heard what his skill was. Maybe he hijacks. That okay. But he's got one arm to, to, to drive the way he was driving, maneuvering and everything else with one arm. is pretty difficult. Yeah. And it was, it, it was it a military Jeep. It was no, wasn't it like a fancy like 
it looked like almost like a Grand Victoria, like those old big boat cars, because it was the oh, general's right. okay. car or the admiral's car. You're right. Okay. 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 I was gonna say it's probably st- if it was stick shift. I mean, I don't know how we would do it with one hand doing stick shift and driving. <laughs> <laughs> so then you think like, oh, can this get movie get more intense? Yeah, we cut to the other kids in all the the yellow Snoopy planes, and you have the Air Force behind them. And they're talking shit to each other. And then they lock in on these kids. And I'm like, holy crap. But then I'm like, how do they miss? He misses twice. And he's like, they're going so slow. I don't know. It doesn't. This work. is this is our military. <laughs> I mean, this is our military. And they can't stop a Snoopy plane. Yeah. But how are they going to? The, and this is the Air Force. How are they going to stop like a jet? Uh, 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 you know, the enemy's jet. You know, that is okay. But a small, slow Snoopy plane, they can't handle yeah, and the fact that that guy, I guess he doesn't, he's not good with missiles because he misses with the missiles. <laughs> but when he shoots like the machine gun, he actually shoots the kid and he doesn't yeah. panic that much. He gets shot. And wouldn't you think all the air is sucking in there? No wind. It's just the glass is broken and he's just sitting there because yeah. I was thinking like he's going to die. I thought he was going to get sucked out or something. Well, I, again, when, when the, the back of the cargo plane also blows off, there's not <laughs> a lot of wind. I mean, you're able to hold on to that when these heavy boxes are being flown out of there, he's able to control. So they might not, maybe the altitude that they're at, maybe there's not a lot of wind. <laughs> so here's uh, one of the cool, I mean, I guess there is a lot of cool lines in this movie. Like shooting birds in a cage. Missile lock. Someone's got missile lock on me. These old planes don't have missiles. No asshole, but I do. God. And then boom! I wasn't expecting it. Again, they have to do it because if he Doug doesn't shoot them down, that he's gonna shoot the the teens yep, down. Yep, yep, yep. But dude, that was fast. No, but I do. And how can Chappie be okay with this? Like I <laughs> I, I I don't I don't understand. Like they're it's almost like they're all encouraged to kill as many people as they can. That's it. Yeah. It's I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. <laughs> and it gets even crazier when, so the general calls <laughs> Doug somehow in the plane. Oh, because he finds out that he stole like that their jet and tells him that he should have died in the prison years ago. Wait, is, is, it, is, it, is it easy just to call a plane like that? <laughs> it's like, do, 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 <laughs> what plane is that? Do, 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 do. I mean, <laughs> it's got to be difficult. It has to be. It can't be just, especially then. There must yeah. be some kind of, but no. I, I would to think a it. tower, not just a random like. You know, you know, how does he know what plane he has up there? You know that yeah. they'd be able to reach him on the on the yeah. Ridiculous. Nope. And then Chappie, <laughs> then Chappie yells in the background while he's like kind of held up. He says, "Listen to the tape." And then they knock Chappie out. And then when you're when he's about to press play, you're thinking music. No, yep. it's Chappie. Sort of just saying a more detailed version of the summary he apologized earlier. It's basically yeah, it's, it's 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 the apology that he already did. Yes. So there's nothing. There's no motivation. There's nothing. Yeah. It was kind of. It was. It was like a Rocky speech. You know, like an Adrian. It was an Adrian Rocky that. kind of speech. Oh, did you? <laughs> ro- I don't know if you see it, but Rocky. Did you really too. expect me to? Yeah. It, it was an Adrian at Rocky. It was. But again, it's a, it wasn't anything new. It wasn't anything like 
you know, the, listen, the minute I found out, I was looking for you. Like, it was nothing. Like, it was just, it was a very simple apology that he already did. And whatever jacked him up, because then we get a nice little jet fight, and you have him locked in on him, on the guy, which it was pretty quick. They were just flying back. And that guy was just like, he was crazy because he was just like, death, that's the only way. And Doug's like, yep. eject, eject. I guessed it. So he can, how do they talk to each other? Is it proximity? As soon as you get close <laughs> enough, you can like channel into people. The, yeah, the communication all around is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Well, all the student planes, they were talking to each other. I doubt those planes had th- that kind of technology. Well, I'm sure they would know like, hey, you're some certain number, but two random jets that don't know each other. Yeah, but but uh, but you're, again, you're talking about these old time Snoopy planes. I'm sure in World War II they were not communicating with each other, and those planes look like World War II planes, bombers. Yeah. Like you know, so I mean, yeah. But yeah, the guy doesn't eject, and boom, Doug blows him up. So Doug's at three kills now. So his kill count's going up. Uh, you, know, you know, I forgot. You're right. It, it is going up, and you know, listen, he's also destroying uh, you know expensive military equipment too. Yes, <laughs> yeah, at the same time. <laughs> so then. This is like one of those parts that like as the viewer, when you're watching it, you're like, you know, that Kitty and Peter are on the cargo plane, but no one else does. So I really thought something could have happened to them because I don't know where the Snoopy planes start firing at the cargo plane and start shooting at them. And I'm like, holy shit, they have no idea. Right. They might be killing their friends. You know, in this movie, the way it goes, I think one of the kids should have died. Which one? It doesn't matter. I, I just think, you know, it, as unrealistic as this half of the movie was, one of the kids should have, you know, again, you almost had it. You know, the kid got shot in the back. That should have been, you know, just something, you know, some kind of, I don't know. I just feel like one kid should have been gone. How about like they could have set up again, it's plain, so it's different. But if like Wheeler got sh- shot and killed, then Doug, which their thing's more platonic, which I thought it was going to be different at the end, but uh, <laughs> maybe he would have been like bothered by that. And like when like, right. scorched like earth open, or something. Correct. That Again. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, it's something to me, that would have been a bigger motivation for these kids to like turn it on. If one of them died. Yeah. And at this point, don't they think the other kid is dead anyway? Rudy? No. Well, I guess they really don't know yet. Cause they just know we went to the hospital. So yeah. Okay. So I guess they could have assumed that. But like you said before, like on the plane, like Peter, we haven't really seen what his skills are. Obviously, he helped him escape by ripping the door off with the chain and the Jeep. But in this one, he's like, don't worry, I got this. And he like whispers to Kitty. I'm like, what the hell is this guy going to do? And somehow he like some guy that is just standing there. Remember, he like the guy either is like smoking a cigarette or he's just like looking at his gun and Peter like startles him. And then that's the guy that when they open the back of the cargo hold, yep. it somehow just magically, right? Doesn't it grab onto him? He doesn't like Peter's don't come up to it, right? I don't, you know what? I don't remember. I don't think he hooks that guy up. I just think it happens. The The net grabs him and he gets pulled oh, yeah, yes, right the, off the plane. Correct. Well, yeah, right. The net grabs him. Uh, but how does Peter hold on? <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I don't understand. Like, I got to assume that the, 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 the thrust of the wind is is way too hard to hold on to like that. Then yeah. he quickly was able to wrap his arm around that whatever he was hanging on, and he was okay. He sh- again, he should have been like sucked out of there or something. That would have been you know much better. 
that would have been, that would have been very satisfying for me. You'd have been like, "Hey, kid just died." Finally, or maybe he had a parachute, and then all of a sudden you see that he had a parachute the whole time. You didn't realize it. <laughs> and then you get him with like a little like one on one fight scene. He takes his guy out. Oh, the pilot. Yeah, he takes the. How pilot. about the? How about the pilot? This is what something. So the pilot. I don't think he hits like an autopilot button. All he does is like push it up so it's like climbing, and he goes. All right, I'm gonna go back there, and he just leaves. Well, the pilot is like the the, the I guess the, the the placeholder in football, or like the punter. You know, yeah. like you know, what, what is he really gonna do? <laughs> we just lost every punter and placeholder. <laughs> Never listened to us. But yeah, so then they're like, and then Kitty is smart enough when Peter and the pilot are fighting. She goes up, she accelerates the plane, and then that causes the pilot to fall. All right. So here's another thing I have. So I've I've talked I know someone that's a pilot. He's a, oh, okay. a pri- he, he flies a private plane um, for whatever. So I asked him this question. I said, Is it can can a pilot fly any plane? Like when you I asked him, can you, would you be able to fly a commercial plane? Because he only flies the small private planes. He goes, yeah. No, it's way different. So these these kids are only flying. Snoopy planes. How is she just quickly jumping in there and able to fly that plane? Yeah, well, they were very panicky that she was flying that plane, but no, you're right. So wait, so we have our first expert. You reached out to somebody and we got I did. And it's and you 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 cannot like just because a commercial flight cannot fly a private plane, just the buttons, the gears, everything is very different. So why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just make it uniform? Why would it be like it's I like if I get in like a, a Ford and I drive a Hyundai, it's not like I get in and I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I don't know. Is the wheel well, listen, this way or that way? Friend of the podcast, Robert Hayes was able to do it. Yes, that is true. Twice. Yes. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so then this is the part. Where are they right now in the plane, the cargo plane? In the plane. Because where do you think they are? How, how long was the, the plane flying for? I don't know. It seems like it was not that long. So let's say they are in Florida. They dropped that virus into Florida because Peter right away just starts throwing it out. Why did they have to do that? They were going to land it. All the other bad guys. Well, I know they don't know everyone's dead. But did it land in could, water? I guess so they could drop it in water. But why would they risk throwing it out? Because now they killed even more people. Their kill camps going yeah. up. And and. Again, they're in a plane, so at this point, they have to be very far away from everybody else right now. Yeah, you know, like they, they shouldn't be near them at all. No. They should be like four states away. <laughs> <laughs> they should do that, like Batman does. And oh yeah, he does that in the first one. He takes the balloons and the Joker's balloons, and he like releases them to there. They should have done that with that. Those kids should have parachuted yeah. off. Yep. Just send it off into, I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere. <laughs> no, it's just made no sense. And then we get the general for the third time. This is the third time that he had this long-winded speech about, you know, Chappie and he's going to kill him. And then boom, Doug flies in just in time and he just bl- blows everything up. He just starts see, taking stuff out. See, it would have been more satisfying if the general was like trying to get away in a car, like in a, yeah. like they are in the middle of nowhere. And they dropped the virus on him. Well, it sort of happens that way. Well, not that well, way. 
not that way, but but it's kind of twisted. The end of the movie is kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not expecting him to do that. Yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, so the fact that this, this is the next part, the general's like running out of the thing, and it's funny because not like it's funny because he's overweight, but it's just funny watching him run because he runs and he sees all the all the cops and the military police coming, so he just like turns around like like skids. And then you see him just run off camera and then you're like, holy shit, he's going to the virus room. He opens it up and he kills himself. Yep. Well, don't forget, he was running in the middle of the movie and working out. He was. So he is a runner. He's a runner. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Like, did he just, he'd rather do that than go to prison, I guess. I but see again that's reason that, I guess it's sort of treason, yeah, but it's it, really no, not. of course it is. No, it is. Um, but at the same time, I I I think it'd be more satisfying if because they had they had it in the air, drop it and he like lands on his car or something like that. Like, or he it's like something where he you know the, the product that he was trying to push, he gets you know by accident, not because he did it himself, because he got the easy way out. No, that is true. But no, and again, just to talk about well, I'll talk about it in a second. But so the, the very end of the movie, so you get Joanne trying to sneak out and then Doug convinces oh. her to stay using the line that Chappie does about like, hey, we'll find a replacement. How long is he going to take? A couple days, a couple weeks, I don't know, seven, eight months. Okay. Now, so Doug was away for seven years. He was probably in his mid 20s. No, 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 no. He was a teenager in the first, the first one. Oh, he was. Because that was the thing that was kind of like kind of wild about the movie was his dad was captured. He was like only like 16 or 17. Okay. So, okay. So he's 24. She's 18. All right. So it's not that bad. She's legal. She's legal. He's only 24. I mean, she's in college. She's a freshman in college and he just graduated. That's true. And also not even that if she's 18 and she's drug dealing She's punching men. She's throwing grenades. So she's mature for years. She's mature. Say, she's mature for <laughs> So the end of the movie is pretty funny because, again, just what the movie was, what we thought in the beginning, we thought it was like sort of like a scared straight for kids. We didn't expect all this murdering, virus getting released, smallpox, all this crazy shit. Then the end of the movie, I think, is pretty cool because it's like a new crop of scared straight shows up. Okay, so it's obviously known that these kids were kind of forced to do murder. Yeah. Were put in extreme dangerous situations. So obviously this program is not good for these kids. So let's just start all over again. And not only that, let's make these kids instructors. (laughs) They're middle schoolers and now they're instructors. They did nothing. They, They got no time. And I do like that that one of the Snoopy planes they didn't even get the upgrade of the planes. Couldn't they have for like for saving Cuba and not making our country look bad? Couldn't they have thrown a couple like jets their way? No, still the Snoopy planes and the ones doing like a loop-de-loop and the kids like his lines like you gonna teach us to do that. And, and and you're right. They they literally stole and murdered and kidnapped. Now they, they get promoted. Yeah. All right. Oh my gosh. 
Well, that was Iron Eagle 4. That's one movie that we were really excited to obviously talk to Jason, like talk to one of the stars of the movie. But just because it's a franchise, it's a really odd franchise because it is the only one of its kind, like a a, a plane, like jet military based franchise. I think it's the only one. It, 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 you might be right. Like I said, I think it came out around the same time as Top Gun or, you know, within a few years. Obviously, again, it was like the poor man's Top Gun. The first one I remember being big. I mean, the I like you said I, I owned it on VCR. Um, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, it, it's got a good theme running throughout. This is like Death Wish 4. It takes it to a whole it nother is. level. Yeah. So would you recommend somebody to check this out? It's free. You can watch it like free at a ton of places. I would say yes, because wow. it's such. Well, and the, and the only reason is, is because you have to see a movie where the first half is literally a kid's movie. It's like, it's like if, if you're, if you're an adult and you're watching this, you're like, you're probably on the verge of shutting the movie off. You're like, all right, you know what? I thought I was watching a, a, like a cool flying military movie. And I'm seeing these corny guys singing Deo and whatever. And it's like, you know, like these <laughs> troubled kids. It's like, it's a typical kids movie. I don't want to watch it. But right before you turn it off, you get your first murder. And then it becomes, you know, all hell breaks loose. So you have to see the, how it switches from kids movie to like Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. I actually watch it too, because I love Lou Gossett in the role. Like we mentioned earlier, it's like toy soldiers, but just like a different take on it, like with the planes and everything. But no, just like you said, the way this movie goes from kind of like harmless to very harmless, like very harmful. Like a lot of people are not only the people that died in this movie, but the plan, the way they and the way they died. I, like there wasn't like it wasn't there's there's die by gas, die by explosion, die. Like, I mean, like there's like gruesome deaths for yeah. like kids. So, yeah, no. And, you know, you know, if you are a Luke Gossett fan and he's he's awesome. He literally looks like he's having fun with this movie. Oh, like yeah. the role he's playing and the way he's acting, like he just, he looks like he's having a good time. Like, yeah. I mean, any, 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 he knows what kind of movie it is probably. And it's like, I would assume it's closer to the end of his career. Like, I don't know how much more he did after this, but he's having a good time making this movie. You could totally tell he had fun. Oh yeah, dude. All right. So that was Iron Eagle four. The next movie sequel that we'll be covering is RoboCop three. Oh, now man. this is one movie that, I haven't seen the whole thing in years, but the cast is unbelievable. You have young Jeff Garland, Bradley Whitford, Stephen Root, Rip Torn, and a wonderful, funny actress that I was lucky enough to interview, Jody Long. This interview is one of the early ones that I did, and I thought I lost it, but luckily I found it. So I'm very excited because editing it, it is, man, top notch. I was umming and saying awesome every other word, but she was. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't even know if I ever saw it. I got to remember. I mean, I remember one or two. I'm not sure if I remember three. Is it as violent as the first, first one? I believe so. Okay. The opening scene, jo- uh, Jody's in the opening scene. She plays Nico, who is like one of the main characters later in the movie. She plays Nico's mom in this like ridiculous. It's over the top. And we talk about it a lot during the interview. I think she was like, out of, you got to think all the interviews that we've done. She's like one of the one people, one one people one person that i talked to <laughs> that said oh i really thought you were going to ask me a lot about robocop 3 so i was actually kind of nervous because 
I didn't remember a lot of it, but she had some great stories from it. She was friends with Peter Weller in New York City. So when she got the set and realized it wasn't Peter Weller in this one, it's oh, probably man. like money wise. But and she actually just recently won a daytime any Emmy for outstanding supporting actress in a daytime fiction program for a role on Netflix's Dash and Lily. And yeah, so that's gonna be a lot of fun. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast. And don't forget to check out our website, sequelsonly.com. Good night. Good night.